Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy. And after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I have become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life, behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. We have been on a journey this whole month talking about early indicators to be watchful for and aware of as people who work in higher risk jobs. If you've been listening, you'll know that we've been talking about the things that let us know that we are changing, being changed, and that we need to know what to look for so that we can intervene early and catch it before we've gone too far down the rabbit hole. We have touched on the heavy hitters, hypervigilance, dissociation, numbing and avoidance, which together make up the main criteria used to diagnose things like post-traumatic stress disorder. We've talked about how these show up both early on as well as when we're moving deeper into traumatic stress and stress-related injuries. We've also talked about what we can do to catch them and meaningfully intervene in them to try to protect ourselves from spiraling further down. Today, we're going to talk about the more nuanced facets of stress-related impacts. These are the ones that don't necessarily show up as criteria that a psychologist or psychiatrist would check boxes for when assessing for PTSD and other stress-related concerns. But we know from research and from clinical experience that they're very much connected to stress exposure. Today we're talking about the indicators our bodies give us when they are done. And we're going to talk about some of the early indicators that can give us a heads up that our body is crying out for us to do something before it's too late. For the purpose of our topic today, I want to share a metaphor that I've used in an episode before, but it was a long time ago now. I want you to imagine that your body is like a baby. When a baby wants or needs something, it usually starts by giving a couple little snorts or small vocalizations to try to get a caregiver's attention. They might start moving around more or making facial expressions to denote that they have a need. An attentive and attuned caregiver might catch these early signs of need and join the baby in figuring out what the need is and seeking to meet it. And if that happens successfully, the baby settles and all is good with the world. But if the caregiver misses those initial efforts, the baby gets more restless and will up the ante, 
The baby will cry out louder to make sure it's heard. Again, if a caregiver attends and attunes here, crisis can be averted by interacting with the baby and meeting the need. But if the caregiver fails to join the baby here, the baby will have to up the ante again. And this can go on and on until the baby wails to the point that even when the need is met, the baby is inconsolable. And it takes so much effort and energy for all involved to work at calming that baby back down. It gets dysregulated to the point that its whole nervous system is on fire and it cannot bring itself back down for an extended period of time. Your body is like that baby. When you experience stress over prolonged periods of time, your body will begin to send alerts to let you know that your nervous system is taking a hit and has some needs to balance back out. It will start by offering small indicators that something is up. A few headaches or digestive issues or feeling a bit off like you're coming down with something. An attentive and attuned caregiver to ourselves might notice these and see them for what they are, a way of my body communicating with me that it needs more care, less stress, and some support to manage. But most of us, myself included, will tend to ignore these and, worse yet, probably be annoyed by them and frustrated that they hold us back from doing all of the things we need to get done. We'll push through and rationalize them away as changes in the weather or barometric pressure or food poisoning or that bug everyone says is going around and on and on. And then you know what happens? The baby gets louder. Your body learns that you aren't listening. You can't be trusted to be attentive and attuned as a caregiver to your own self And it has to get louder to get your attention. So it does. You might notice new patterns and frequency and intensity of headaches, brain fog, dizziness, digestive issues, muscle pain, sensitivity to light and sound, immune issues, and so on. You might need to take days off because of it. You might notice you're taking more sick days than usual. You might notice that you're feeling less well, but others in your family don't seem to be catching the same bugs. Again, if we can be the attentive and attuned caregiver, we have an opportunity to interact with ourselves and build trust with our body and brain by being actively responsive to the needs we're hearing and picking up on. It's funny because I see parents do this all the time with kids. Kids say they have a stomach ache every morning for a week, and parents know that while it might be a stomach bug, they are just as curious about what's going on at school that might have that kid feeling tight and tense and ill. We know stress shows up in kids' bodies, and we explore that with and for them. But with us, we have a high tendency to gloss over it, push past it, shush it, demand that it shut the fuck up so we can keep functioning to the level we have demanded of ourselves. And if it doesn't go away, we just chalk it up and assume it's probably cancer. 
Okay, that may be a little bit dramatic, but frankly, only a little. We for sure do have a tendency to assume that for us, it's just an annoyance or something medically serious. We fail to account for how our bodies serve as a feedback and alert system for all that is going on with us, medically, but also psychologically. We know that our brains impact our mental health and wellness. Did you know that your gut is considered your second brain? That it has many of the same functional capacities as your brain to give orders and exert influence over your body's systems, including your immune function and nervous systems? Our bodies are these incredibly intricate, interconnected systems. The design features are beautiful in their immense complexity. We were designed to have every part of us offer feedback to other parts of us, to have delicately nuanced interconnectivity. But all of this design is useless to us if we don't stop and listen to it and develop the capacity to know what to listen for. Again, like the baby, our bodies don't speak a language we understand. There is some guesswork and trial and error involved. But if we join and attend and attune, i.e. try and make an effort, we come to learn the language. We develop a parent-like knowing of what the specific grunts and gurgles mean And we grow in our ability to be responsive to those needs. Gabor Mate, in his fantastic book, When the Body Says No, writes this, quote, The salient stressors in the lives of most human beings today, at least in the industrialized world, are emotional. Just like laboratory animals unable to escape, people find themselves trapped in lifestyles and emotional patterns inimical to their health. The higher the level of economic development, it seems, the more anesthetized we have become to our emotional realities. We no longer sense what's happening in our bodies and cannot therefore act in self-preserving ways. The physiology of stress eats away at our bodies, not because it has outlived its usefulness, but because we may no longer have the competence to recognize its signals. End quote. We cannot act in self-preserving ways because we may no longer have the competence to recognize our own bodies signals. That's what he identifies as he outlines a myriad of stories that demonstrate ways that our bodies will continue to get louder and louder and louder in an effort to make us listen and serve our own needs. In his book, he talks about a host of cases of significant medical disease that emerge in connection to long-standing stress exposure. He argues that when we ignore and ignore and ignore our bodies, they will eventually force us to meet the needs. Our bodies will force us to stop working by making it impossible 
to work. They will force us to stop meeting the needs and demands of others because they will take us out at the knees and make it impossible to continue doing what we once did. If we won't be the caregiver and meet the needs, our bodies will impose it on us, but at tremendous cost. Gabor Mate also says, quote, Learn to read symptoms not only as problems to be overcome, but as messages to be heeded, unquote. And this really does align with our baby metaphor. There is a message that is trying to be communicated, and for a reason that feels important to your body. It needs you to know something, and it's doing all it can to get you to listen. We need to be willing to examine symptoms, not just as annoyances, inconveniences, medical illnesses that need treating. We need to be willing to be open to hearing what our bodies are trying to say and to show up as willing caregivers who can make efforts at interpreting and meeting those needs. Now, that doesn't mean that we ignore medical illness and don't intervene with treatments. I don't mean for you to go to new extremes and chalk everything up to stress and never go see your doctor. What I am saying is that it is both. It can be both. It can be that you are getting sick more often, catching every cold and flu bug that comes around. And you may need medicine or vitamins or immune-boosting support to help overcome that. But we shouldn't just treat it without wondering why we are getting sick more often. What might be depleting your immune system and compromising your ability to fight off things you used to be able to fight off? What might your body be telling you with the frequency and intensity with which you are getting sick? Could it be that your body is signaling to you that stress is costing your body so much that it is wearing down your immune reserves and compromising your body's ability to fight off small bugs. It can be that you are getting headaches more often or feeling them more intensely. While you should talk to your doctor about that and use what you need to in order to manage pain, it isn't enough to just treat it and go on like it's all fine. Why were you getting more frequent or intense headaches? Have you been clenching your jaw at night? Are you carrying more tension in your neck and shoulders? Are you holding your breath or breathing shallowly more often? Is stress impacting your blood pressure, oxygenation, and other factors that can lead to headaches and migraines? When we think about what our body might be alerting us to, we can respond differently. Instead of just taking pain meds and deciding this is something we have to live with, We can look at reducing stress or intervening at levels that support our body. Maybe massage, yoga, meditation, and other tools could offer supports that allow me to mitigate the concerns and meet my body's need to balance the demands on my nervous system. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. 
Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. When retired RCMP member Jen Pound came on the show, she shared about her experience of PTSD manifesting as a cold she just couldn't shake. She shared finding it hard to get diagnosed properly and supported properly because this isn't the typical presentation. It went on and on because she thought eventually she'd get better but she didn't. And by the time it was identified for what it was, it required so much more effort to try to come back from it. She tried to push through for some time and the wear and tear took such a toll. I so valued her sharing her story because it's incredibly valuable and instructive. We need to know what to watch for. We need to know how to be interpreters of what our bodies are trying to share with us. We need to know that our bodies are trying to communicate, not trying to be assholes who get in our way. We need to interact with our bodies and the feedback our bodies offer us in such a way that gives space to make sense of it and work with the message together. We need to create space to be curious about how our body is doing, changes we notice in how it's being, and aware of what it might be telling us about our own needs. No one can do it for us. No one can listen to our bodies on our behalf. We can recruit helpers like counselors, naturopaths, massage therapists, and doctors who support us as we work to learn to interpret our bodies. But we have to do the work and put in the time. Like learning what a new baby's grunts and gurgles mean, we have to spend time, pay attention, and really tune in. We have some trial and error. We may hear the baby and try feeding it, changing its diaper, and still find that its need has not been met. We try things out and see what the response is. Does it soothe or not? And go from there. It's the same for us. We need to be willing to invest the time to pay attention, try things out, experiment, and listen to the feedback. Does this soothe my needs? Maybe a little, but it's still there. What can I try next? Ignoring and hoping it will go away can't and won't work. Like the baby, your system will just continue to get louder and louder until it becomes so dysregulated that no amount of soothing will bring it back down. Also, just like a baby, your worth and value are defined not by what you do, how you perform, how much you give, 
but by who you are in your simple and glorious existence. You deserve to be treated with the same caring regard as you would treat a precious newborn. You deserve the same level of attentive, attuned caring that we invest in small humans who will grow to be big someday. You deserve to continue to be invested in, in the same ways you deserved to have been invested in when you were small, helpless, and dependent on people to nurture you. Your needs haven't changed, just your size has. You are no longer dependent on caregivers to meet your needs. You are now the capable and reliable caregiver who can show up for you and be trustworthy in being responsive to your needs. The power is in your hands. All you have to do is pause to listen to the feedback, learn over time, and through experimentation to interpret the feedback and consistently work to show up with efforts to meet the needs identified by that feedback. As we wrap up for today, I want to remind you to please reach out and connect if you have any questions or feedback. You know I love hearing from you and shaping this podcast to echo your needs and interests. I love hearing about what you're working on and how you're using what we talk about on this show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lindsay A. Foss, where you can follow me or tag me, or you can email me at support at thrive-life.ca. To those who love this podcast and share about it to those you know, I want to continue to say a huge thank you. I so value you helping us to make a difference for other frontline helpers who risk so much to serve our communities. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure that you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real and amazing life outside of the work you do. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.